0: Well, good evening, everyone. It's good to have you here this evening. It's been a uh, wonderful time on Sunday celebrating our anniversary and just remembering what God has done. I want to tell you the songs that were sung just stayed with me throughout the week. It always does, but it's, it's so, it's amazing how the Holy Spirit, I'm not even... Thinking on anything, especially, but then the song will come. A song will come up, and it's it was one of the choir songs. Once it was a special, a uh, new song that uh, Chantel and Heidi presented, and that just was on on my mind, on my heart, and I was just hearing the words and the music just echo through. And uh, God just gives you a feast. He gives you something to meditate on and be thankful for. Uh, just at sometimes at unexpected times, He just allows you to to focus. Um Brian's not here, so I can say this. How wonderful it is to to have his devotion and have his uh meditation time. <laughs> I love that on, on Wednesday. I gotta say that when he's not here, you don't want to, you know, good to be
1: <laughs>
0: No, I enjoy the word. I enjoy uh, speaking it. I enjoy hearing it and and growing from it and, and just being ministered to um by God's word. So you can tell him I said that. <laughs> All right. Tonight we're going to look at um mainly Matthew chapter 6. And there we have the Lord's prayer. Somebody said something good about you, Brian. I can't tell you who it was, but <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, watch watch it on live, right? <laughs> it's the only way you get a real encouragement, right? <laughs> Matthew chapter 6 is the, uh, the the disciples prayer where Jesus taught his disciples and I, I find myself coming back to that again and again because of the simple uh, um, uh, powerful principles that he presents there and I can hardly think about prayer itself without thinking about the model that he's laid down there it's so rich and so full um, and I just want to pull a couple things from there. Really, I wanted to focus on prayer and forgiveness. Uh, One of the things he says at the end of that prayer is is in in verse uh, 12. He says, Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And then in verse 14, he puts a stipulation. uh, um, "For For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. That's good. But then the next verse, Nick, wow, did you say that, God? But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Hmm, that's powerful. That's very powerful. Um, so there, there is a clause there, a conditional clause that um, our prayers, um, that affect our prayers. The general clause is this our relationship with others affects our prayers. Our relationship with others affect our prayers, specifically forgiveness of others. It's one of the things on my, kind of on my agenda as a pastor to talk about what forgiveness is, you know, at least once a year because we have to remember what it is and, and what it means. So I'm taking this time to do that. I won't get through it in, in one session, but I want to start. First of all, that our prayers are conditioned on how we interact with others. And that's an important issue. That says our fellowship. And, you know, Sunday we were talking a lot about, we were talking about Galatians chapter 6 and, and living out the gospel and how uh, we have a responsibility to care for each other, those who are spiritual, care for those who 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 are uh, um, under sin and and to help restore them. And it's talked about bearing one another's burdens and bear your own burden and ministering or giving to those who minister to you the word. So it's talking about our response and our interaction with one another. And we find that that's, that's an important part. And I want to emphasize that because we live in a culture that says church is not essential. We have many Christians who haven't been to church in over a year now. And I'm just, that just, I'm appalled at that. That, What are we doing that we let someone else tell us that we ought not to go to church? And we simply say, okay. And churches are just saying, well, I guess we'll put something on the put a little devotion up on the the internet and people can kind of get that. And people are getting that and saying, I got enough. That's cool. I'm good for another week. As if that's all church is. Church is the interacting of each other, uh, interacting with each other in wholesome ways. The body describes us, the Bible describes us as a body. You can't cut the different pieces of the body apart for a year and expect them to still function right? And we shouldn't, and we must not. But here again, to the point, our prayers are impacted by how we interact with each other. And when we don't interact properly, if I'm not getting along with Sheol, I have no reason to talk to my father and ask something of him. Especially, specifically, if I'm not forgiving others. So we need to talk about forgiveness. We need to talk about our prayer. And so if we're going to be effective with our prayer, our relationships have to be right. There's a passage in 1 Peter that emphasizes this. And the emphasis is to the husbands in 1 Peter 3.7. So I want to turn that. I just want you to see how that's connected. 1 Peter 3.7. I know the ladies are going through 1 Peter in Sunday school, verse 7 says, Likewise, husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman as a weaker vessel, since, they're, since they are heirs with you of the grace of life. And then it adds this, So that your prayers may not be hindered. Again, the implication there is the husband-wife relationship can and does affect our um, ability to pray and to communicate with God. Now, on the general sense, it says this, and I've said this for a long time. Our horizontal relationships with each other, this level, we're all on the same level horizontally as as human beings are subject to sin, needing a savior, needing God. Uh, That relationship does, in fact, impact our vertical relationship, man to God. Man to man impacts man to God. And this is showing how it does that. Now, there's verses, remember in Romans, as as much as is possible, live peaceably with all men. um, Recognizing that it's not always possible to have this right because of sin. But when it's our responsibility, we need to get this right. Because if we don't get this right, we won't have this fellowship where we need it. And so it just behooves us. It, it calls us that we can't just come and worship on our own and say, forget you. I got mine. I got my relationship with God. I'm okay with God. But you and me can just be at odds forever. And I have no responsibility in that. We can't do that and pray. And so there's so many principles here. Just wanted to to point that out. Um, We want to talk later in in what I call this mini-series about what forgiveness means and what our responsibility is in forgiveness, because it's crucial to all our relationships. Have you ever had a relationship with a person where you did not or they did not have, you didn't have to forgive them for anything or they did not have to forgive you for anything? Have you ever had a relationship like that? Um, I don't know of any. Certainly not our relationship with God isn't that way. He has to forgive us all the time. In fact, we often start our conversations that way. God, you are holy. I'm not. This is what I've done. Forgive me. Allow me to have fellowship with you again. And, And now we can talk. And so, forgiveness is an important issue, and, and uh, we need to, we need to understand it. We need to talk to it, talk through it. Um, Matthew chapter eight is one of those passages that we'll look at. Jesus used the parable um, uh, of the uh, the uh, the two that were forgiven. Uh, so we'll, we'll talk about that next time. But just giving you a heads up, we'll be looking at some of that. Again, our prayers are impacted by our personal relationships. Our, our horizontal human to human relationships impact our human to God, our vertical relationships. And so let's see what God is putting his finger on in our lives and how we can work at those and um, in, in, in have effective prayer time together.
2: my fault not the sound crew's fault I guess they put it somewhere near me it was my fault not the sound crew's fault I guess they put it over by my seat but I didn't see it okay all right let's get into the gospel of John for our meditation. to look at a few things here. Just kind of want to show something. Um, I know Heidi has been talking about these kind of things in her Sunday school class. Me and her we always talk about our Sunday school classes together because they are on similar topics. Pretty much the same topic actually. But In John 13, I'm going to start at verse 21. And I'm just going to read the first phrases of a few verses that I call out, okay? So it says, After saying these things, verse 31, when he had gone out, Jesus said, Skip down. Verse 25, these things I have spoken to you while I'm still with you. Chapter 16, verse 1, I have said all these things to you to keep you from falling away. The last part of verse 4, I did not say these things to you from the beginning because I was with you. Verse 12, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. Verse 25, I have said these things to you in figures of speech. The hour is coming when I will no longer speak to you in figures of speech, but I will tell you plainly about the Father. And then it ends in verse 31, Jesus answered them, do you now believe? When you look at this section from verse chapter 13 all the way through chapter 16, it's real easy to see what the key is, right? The key is the sayings of Jesus, right? What is he saying? In many ways, you can kind of look at this as the Beatitudes in some way, right? The Beatitudes are Jesus' speech to the multitude. But this is Jesus' personal speech to his disciples. And when does it happen? It happens after Judas left. That's key. Because what it means is, this is only for the elect, Right. This is only for those chosen saints. And it means that he's leaving this. These are the last things that Jesus wanted to leave before he left this earth. He left with this. And it's important to think about that when you're going through chapter 13 through 16 and you want to kind of break it into pieces And you look at these things that said, Jesus said, or he says, I am saying to you this because. And he keeps on using this phrase, I am saying, I was saying, I am not saying. He keeps on using these phrases. And what we get is that these are critical points that Jesus wants us to learn that can't be missed. But at the end, he says, now do you believe? When we look at the book of John and the men, we look at this in Sunday school. What is the point of the book of John? It says these things are written so that you might believe and in believing you might have life in his name. These things are written so that we might believe. These things are written so that we might have faith. So in chapter 13 is written a new commandment that we might love one another so that we might believe. Oftentimes, what causes us to stay in the faith is the love from one brother to another brother, right? It is that fellowship that encourages faith, doesn't it? I can tell you the truth right now that I know of several in here and I know of myself that there's been moments where love has been shown to me that if it wasn't shown to me, I wouldn't be faithful. These things are written so that you might believe. He told Peter that he would deny him. Why would he do that? Just so he could bust Peter out? A lot of people read it like that. He just busting Peter out because Peter getting private. Or is he saying that so that Peter might believe? I'm saying to you this so that when it happens, you will know that I told you the truth so that you might believe. What would Peter think that his faith was based on? He thinks it's based on his own effort what is his faith based on that Jesus called him? And even if Peter fails, that doesn't negate the call of God. And that's an important lesson for the believer, right? We sin. We fail. We let each other down sometimes. If you preach, you're going to preach a bad sermon. If you teach, you're going to teach a bad lesson. If you sing, you're going to sing a bad solo. But, Your salvation is not based on your level of performance. It is based on the irrevocable call of God who called you and after you deny him, he will call you again and say, hey, didn't I call you? And I told you, you would deny me three times, but fear not, I have overcome the world. Not you overcame the world, you didn't overcome the world. No, you failed. And we could be sad about that. And at the end of the book, we're going to see Peter is sad about that. But Peter can take comfort in the fact that Jesus still called him. Even when Peter felt like a failure, Jesus called him. Jesus says, let not your hearts be troubled. Why? Because we just supposed to come to church and just buck ourselves up? We all going to say, rah, rah, let's get together. Let's have some faith. And we all just put our concentration faces on and just push our faith out there from one to two. Double our faith, right? Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Let not your hearts, your emotions go up and down. That's what trouble is, right? Go up and down. When I think of trouble, I think of like my bass string. I press it and you'll notice it just goes. It slowly calms down. But that's how we are. Events happen. And it keeps on happening. It keeps on happening. And God puts his hand on the string and he mutes it. Right? He mutes it. He says, don't be troubled. Believe in me. What does it mean to believe in him? It means to understand that no matter what happens here, if you're God's child, it says in the next verse, In my father's house are many rooms. Don't be troubled. I got a room reserved for you. Don't be troubled if you get persecuted. Don't be troubled if you lose your job. Don't be troubled if your wife leaves you, if your husband leaves you. Don't be troubled if your kids leave, if they do wrong. Don't be troubled if people die. Don't be troubled if people leave the church. I have a room reserved for you. And I have a place reserved for you with me. He either says, I'm leaving, but I'm leaving something with you, the Holy Spirit, right? I am leaving. Why is he leaving? Well, if you were in men's Sunday school, you realize that part of Christ's ministry is going back into heaven. He's not just sitting there doing nothing. He's presiding over his church. If you look at Revelations 2 and 3, it kind of describes what Jesus is doing now, where he is literally writing letters to the church and he is judging their performance constantly. And that's what he's doing with our church now. And so we have a righteous judge right now that is looking over our actions. But he leaves us with who? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. Who we come to love, right? And even if we miss Jesus, it is to our advantage to have the Holy Spirit. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is always with us. In fact, he is inside. Jesus says, abide in me. Because he's the only source of power. Abide in me. Jesus says, If the world hates you, know that it hated me first. If it hates you, it hated me first. So guess what? If it hates you, you're probably doing something right. Jesus said, I said all these things to you to keep you from falling away. They will put you out of synagogues. Indeed, the hour is coming when whoever kills you will think he is offering service to God. That's coming to America. That is coming to America. But Jesus said these things so that we might believe. Jesus said in chapter 16, and we didn't cover this, but it still said, Jesus says, I have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you. Now, we often think about this with the apostles, and it is true for them, right? Doesn't it seem like, Peter and John and all of them all of a sudden become way smarter from the end of the Gospels to, to a couple chapters in the Acts. Like, whoa, what happened to them? And that's the Holy Spirit. But I think it describes too the process of us, the guiding. You get from that almost like a GPS device that only tells you the next step, right? And that's how it is with us. God could have told me when I was 12 years old and I was first thinking about teaching teaching how to teach. But he let me go step by step because I couldn't bear to hear all the things that I was doing wrong when I was 12 and trying to teach. Right? But God said, I will guide you. That means that every believer in here is going to a next step. That also means that every believer in here has a step after that that they have to go to, which means... All of us are learning, which means all of us have some error in our lives. All of us. And we have to be patient with the errors of others if we have faith that God is guiding them, right? That's the thing that keeps me sane, right? When I'm teaching a lesson and I know I was clear and I see somebody out there whose eyes is clouding over, i just be praying, Lord, guide them. Because God is going to guide them, just like he guided me, right? Just like he is still guiding me. And sometimes when you talk to a believer, you be mad when you're done because you don't think they got it. And they probably didn't. Right? God gave you insight for a reason. You could tell if they got it. And you'd be frustrated. You go home and tell your friend, man, I told this person this day and they ain't listen to this thing I said. Trust that God is guiding them. That don't mean that you just leave it alone forever. But what it means is this. God is working on them just like he's working on you. And then the last part, look at how this section ends. I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Let's just be real open. What's the point of meditation? One of the points that the world seeks meditation for is peace. But where do we find our peace? In Jesus' words, right? What do Asian religions do? They meditate on nothing. They literally clear their minds out, and they still get some benefit from that. But let me tell you, that is an inferior benefit compared to meditating on God's word. You meditate on these words and if you look at it really literally all of these words are Jesus' words. All of them are. And he gave those words to us that we might have peace. And I'll end with this. There's two kinds of peace. There's internal and external peace. Internal peace is a mind that is not disturbed external peace is a mind is a person that is not at war God gives us both right because he is no longer at war with us he's at war with unbelievers he is no longer at war with us and he sent his spirit inside us to console and constantly comfort us so that our string stops vibrating right the troubles stop getting to us, and we start to say, Lord, no, you got it. You're in control. And that's part dude, that's that's all prayer life, right? All prayer life is taking the bucket of troubles and pouring it into the hands of God, right?
3: Let not your heart be troubled about the mics. I normally leave it with Brian's help me, but she's in nursery. That's why. (laughs) How you guys doing tonight? All right, so what I wanna focus about on prayer tonight is um, basically some of the just sinfulness of our city. Um, What I wanna focus on is Hattie, if you could focus on just the unsafe driving conditions. So um, I mean, it's 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 all rooted in sin. But I mean, the, don't feel the traffic laws apply to people stealing people's cars, driving driving reckless, you know, endangering others. Um, and then, Shell, um, if you could just focus on just some of the violence in our city, you know, just the murders, the shootings. I mean, there's the shooting at Roundy's just not too long ago. Um, just some of the kind of um, violence that you know man conceives. And we all know where it comes from. We all know it comes from sin nature. It comes from simple people who don't have God. Um, so it shouldn't surprise us when it happens, but just continue to pray for our city in these areas. Continue to pray for the saints, because sometimes they could be caught in the middle of the crossfire, or the, uh, you know, the people driving recklessly can, they can get be injured. So we we'll just pray for that. And then, um, I'll add, two for my section, I'll pray for Jeremy as well, because he's in the forefront of that. Um, And then if you guys have anything else that's not those two, so, you know, that's something that's on your mind, you know, due to sinfulness in our city, you can pray for that as well. And then I'll close this up.
1: Dear Lord, we just come to you tonight to pray for all the sinful, um, reckless driving and disobedience and... Um, just reckless, recklessness in the city, Lord, um, with people driving over curbs and not watching where the kids are going and just avoiding all traffic laws and and a life could be taken in a second, Lord. We just pray for their sinful hearts and for you to open their eyes um, as to what they're doing and how they're driving and and be a light to to them, Lord. We just pray all these things in your name, amen. Lord, we thank you tonight, Lord, for being able to come and pray, Lord, and to um, just be able to thank you for giving us another day, Lord. Thank you for um, the members that are here tonight, Lord. We pray that you would just keep us and protect us, Lord. Watch over us, Lord, as we go our various ways, Lord, as we go to work every day and come home. We thank you for the protection, Lord. We pray, Lord, that you would just be with the sinful men in this world and children and women and just the sinful people, Lord, who um, are just doing things, Lord, that some may say that the devil has told them to do it or just different things, Lord, that these people, Lord, that they will uh, realize, Lord, that they need to be saved. We pray, Lord, that you would just um, be with um, just protection, Lord, as we go to our jobs, Lord, not knowing what could happen. Lord, we thank you for just protecting us and not letting us have to be one of those people, Lord, where someone is coming to their job and just killed a lot of people, Lord. We we pray for those people who have had these issues, Lord. We pray for um, just that they will be saved. Pray for us to be testimonies, Lord, to unsaved loved ones, Lord, because we don't know it could be someone in our family. So we just pray, Lord, that you help us to be witnesses, Lord. Help us to be a testimony. Help us, Lord, to um, just do, Lord, what we need to do in our lives, Lord, that people can even see by the way we live, Lord, that they, that we are different, and that they um, may want to change their lives, Lord. I pray, Lord, for my husband tonight, Lord, who is not saved, Lord. I pray that you will just um, work on him, Lord, as just being a good person, Lord. That that's not going to get him to heaven, Lord. But I just pray that you'll just help me to be a testimony, help my family, Lord, and others that he see that they will be a testimony, Lord, that will draw him, Lord. Even maybe someone on his job, Lord, too that knows you, Lord, maybe they will be able to say something, Lord, but we pray for our loved ones, Lord, who are not saved, Lord, that you would just draw them, Lord, because this world is so wicked, and we just pray, Lord, for um, our loved ones that are not saved, Lord, as we do want to see them one day if something was to happen, so we pray, Lord, that you would just draw them, and we just pray for our church for protection and watching over us, Lord, as we come here every Sunday and Wednesday, Lord, and you protect us, Lord, in this building, and the door is not locked, Lord, and Anybody can walk in, Lord, and do anything, but you protect us each and every time, and we thank you for that, Lord. So we just pray that you would just be with us throughout the rest of this service. In your name I pray and thank you. Amen.
3: Lord, we continue in prayer. We just lift up this city, Lord. We lift up our, our nation and this world, Lord. Is You know none of this stuff is new, Lord. We know there's violence everywhere. Violence is an offshoot of sin, Lord. And it's really... Um, as a result of not being in a relationship with you, knowing that um, you are one that judges and you are one that holds us accountable, Lord, and um, this the being apart from just knowing that there is a consequence to actions, Lord, and we just lift up um, those that create unsafe road conditions, Lord. I think back to. Um, the beginning of COVID when everyone was supposed to stay at home and I had to go to work. And it seemed the roads were more dangerous with less people out because of the people out here driving recklessly and dangerously than the virus itself. Um, we, we just lift up those that want to steal people's cars and continue to do these kind of things, Lord. It's is rampant now in our city, Lord. And um, as I said, it's it's all stemmed in not having a relationship with you, we look at the senseless killing, the senseless violence against um, people, Lord, just how someone could devalue life so much that they're willing to just end somebody else's and that they could have so much hate built up um, that they would go to that length to just um, end people's existences, Lord. And we know where that comes from, Lord. That doesn't come from you. That comes from the love, the, the devil, Lord. And we know that you are a God of love, and we gain that love. And that hope from you, Lord. And these people don't have that. And we pray for them, Lord. We pray for their souls, Lord. Because we know that they are de- destined for um, hell, destined for eternal torment, Lord. And we don't wish that on a, in, our, in our worst enemies, Lord. Um, so we just ask that you just be with those people. Speak to their lives, Lord. Speak to the lives of the city, Lord. Use your people to speak to them, Lord. Um, watch over your people, as you do always, Lord. We know, even with the unsafe conditions, Lord, if something were to happen to one of your saints, it is because it was your decision, Lord. It was because you allowed it to happen, and it was for your purpose. And we know that, Lord, and we at least have the comfort knowing, being a child of you, that we are in your purpose, Lord. And we do know, if that be a thing that ends our life, Lord, that we do have eternal paradise with you. That we will have um, comfort even though it may be a short time of pain, Lord, that we'll have that eternal comfort, Lord, and that eternal joy with you, Lord, and all the cares and the torments of this world will be behind us. We lift up Jeremy um, as he witnesses this every day, Lord. We, We ask that you keep him safe. We ask that you just be with him and his family, Lord, as it cannot be easy to see the worst our society can offer on a daily basis, Lord. And he sees it, Lord, and he's one that you have put in place to help curb that, to be um, the form of law and order, Lord, but also just one that he can speak to those people, Lord, and that he can be uh, a law enforcement officer that is also an officer of your Your word and your grace, Lord. And we just ask you continue to be with him, Lord. In your name we pray.